You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Hello and welcome to Rainstop Play and welcome to this very special IPL preview episode. Um, I'm joined by Zach. Hello, Zach. Hello. And we are joined by very special guest, Ben Jones. A little introduction to Ben. He's the head of media at QuickViz, an analyst for BBL franchise Melbourne Stars, Sky Sports and Fox Sports, and is the co-author of Hitting Against the Spin, How Cricket Really Works. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, lads. It's a, it's a pleasure. I'm a long long time listener and of recent, you know, co employee of Zach. So it's a, it's nice to kind of bring a bit of work and pleasure together. And yeah, ha- hopefully have a good natter about the IPL. Yes, exciting tournament, isn't it? And I'm I'm going to get Zach to talk about the new format in a minute because I didn't know about it before this morning. Uh, so you get my first reaction to it, and it blew my mind. <laughs> um, it, yeah, crazy. Uh, but Ben, looking ahead to the IPL, you know. Big picture. Are you excited for this IPL? There's a lot of new stuff going on. Is it going to be a good tournament? What are your general thoughts uh, to it starting in, in a few days? It's a strange one, isn't it? Because I, th- I feel like the IPL at its best is defined by the crowds and the, the partisan nature of the tournament and the fact that it's this carnival that travels around India and you get the you know the swathes of orange in in, in hydro in sunrises uh, home venue you get you know the, the blue of mumbai and delhi and rajasthan and every other team uh, <laughs> but you get, you get the you get this exciting you know traveling circus and that's not been the case for a few years because of covid because of the fact that they've had to play it in the uae they've had to play it you know tried to play it in india and then had to move it back to the uae and it's not it's not had quite the same spark for the last two seasons. I think that's fair. I mean, it's, the quality has been outstanding, particularly, I think, in 2020. But it's not been quite the same level of enjoyment. It's going to be a little bit of that this year in that it's not going to be the same travelling circus. It's still going to be based entirely in Mumbai. So they're not, you're not going to have the same partisan crowds or certainly not to the same extent. So we're going to lose a little bit of that again. But hopefully what we're going to have is a tournament which runs clean through at the right time of the year with really high quality overseas players we're seeing this expanded tournament which is at the very least a novelty and i think there's a there's a sense that the ipl it, there's a there's a kind of confidence about it now it's you know it, it dominates the the calendar so much it, it is the the biggest event in cricket and the fact that it, it no longer has that kind of slightly shy self-aware thing of like oh you know we, we, you know we don't want to be kind of too intrusive it's like we are an ipl we are going to have we are going to last for three months we have 10 teams we've got all the best players it's going to be really really good so i think there's essentially what i'm saying is it won't be as good as i want it to be but i, I want it to be perfect so you kind of have to row back from there a little bit if you know what i mean well, that's got me excited for it, actually. That's pumped me up because, like you said, when it was in October, I sort of lost track of the IPL for the last two years because it's a bit on and off in different places. So it's exciting to have it back where it is. Not quite at 100%, but nearly there. Um, mm. You referenced the new format and new teams. Zach, I'm going to let you do this. And you know how much I love you trying to explain things to me, um, especially tournament formats. You tried it with the Bob Willis Trophy a few years ago. I nearly fell out with you over it as if you made it. Um, so help me out with uh, the new IPL structure. Two new franchises. And just try and make it as simple as possible for everyone. Good luck. So two new franchises means 10 teams rather than the eight. This means they've split them into two groups. 
So it's two groups of five teams that were randomly drawn. Mm. Wink, wink, nod, nod, wink, wink there, Zach, yeah. Well, I I think so, yeah. So the teams play every team in their group twice, and then they also play one team from the other group twice, and then they play the rest of the teams from the other group once. Again, I've heard that the the team you play twice from the other group has been randomly drawn, Mm -hmm. but there is some sort of seeding around the amount of IPLs you've won, which is why CSK pay Mumbai twice. It's not nothing to do with the fact that that's the biggest fixture and they want that to happen because people love watching Mumbai versus CSK. <laughs> it's purely around a rigid seeding mechanism. The points table, though, puts them in one group. So the top four overall do the kind of same thing that we have every year. The top two go to like a qualifier, the third and fourth go to an eliminator and then you know how the normal kind of four team final series works but they're put into one group it's not the top two from each group goes through oh okay sorry i didn't i didn't know that that's news to me so it could could four from group a go through if they have the most points is that what you're saying absolutely right okay well that's cleared that up thank you very much um ben what do you think of this new format I don't like group stages like this, I don't, I don't, but it also would be so hard to have all 10 in one massive group, wouldn't it? So is this the best sort of middle ground? I feel like English sports fans generally, I don't know how big a football fan either of you are, but I, if we were, we're conditioned to this kind of like purity of everyone's in the same group, yes. everyone plays each other twice, home and away, and that's it. Yeah. And as a result, other leagues where it's, it's you know it's it's asymmetrical like the, how the big bash used to be where you know it's you play your local rivals twice or even in the hundred where it's you play your local in inverted commas rivals twice i never like it i always prefer home and away like that's the structure i like and so in a way i, I always like the old ipl system and this one is kind of deviating from what worked i think um i think i'm more bothered by the new system than the new arrival of two new teams i think a lot of people were kicking up a fuss about the idea that it's going to stretch the quality to uh, you know spread it too thinly and the you know we're not going to see the same level of cricket and that may be true to an extent but not to a, a level that i'm actually worried about i feel like the, con- the confusing nature of x plays them a few more times i feel like it slightly undermines the sporting integrity of the tournament only slightly because ultimately you know mumbai have to play chennai twice and chennai have to play mumbai twice it's not really fair on either of them whereas you know some of them are going to have to play the bottom team twice and that's a big advantage or a big big disadvantage vice versa so i think you do have to if you are being you know cards on the table you say it's a, a slight fudge it's a bit it's it's not quite how you'd want it to be but you know it'll still be great like it will still it will still work because once the actual tournament gets up and running, you don't really pay quite as much attention to, oh, they've played them twice, them once. It, but from the outside, at the start of the tournament, looking at your, your wall chart, so to speak, it, it doesn't quite feel right on a gut level, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it'd be interesting to see going forward if they take sort of the American football model that they all sort of rotate who they play twice throughout the season, throughout years and years, you know, decades of, of playing time. So it'd be interesting how they, they use this long term. Um, but the two new franchise as well is exciting. I'm interested to see on that point, Ben, whether um, the quality is sort of washed out a little bit. I don't think it will be looking at the strength of the two new teams, but uh, we'll come into that later in the pod. Um, so talk about the teams. We did an auction sort of ish chat, Zach, maybe a few weeks ago. I can't remember when now. Uh, but Ben, looking at it, who do you think had had the best auction and, and has the best team coming into this? Basically, who were favourites early doors? Well, it, it, I think there's two different questions there. I think who had the best auction is probably a, a slightly more specific thing because some teams were coming from a really low base and some teams were coming from quite a high base. So I think like the team that had the worst auction by quite quite a long way, I thought, with KKR, given that they went from being finalists to, I think, probably on paper, the worst team in the tournament. And I think that's that's kind of the 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 the, the cut and thrust of, of, of the auction, I guess, is that you can have this great group of players, you're forced to throw a bunch of them away and then you can't get them back. And all of a sudden you're, you're bottom of the table, you know, again, in inverted commas. I think Mumbai, for me, had the the kind of most satisfying auction just because they so clearly knew exactly what they wanted to do and they did it. And they were like, we would like to get Ishan Kishan back, we'd like to get Tim David and we'd like to get Jofra Archer. And after that, we don't really mind. And so they were willing to go really big for those key targets. We'll get those guys in. And then 
will you know work around the edges and that's what mumbai have always been about of this idea of you identify you know core structures and you work from there rather than being like we need to get superstars um and you know chennai did similar i think chennai probably come out slightly worse of it they've lost they don't look quite as uh, strong on paper but they never do that's chennai and I guess there are, there's probably um, uh, a word to be said for for um, for Punjab Kings who had the most money to spend and came in. I I personally think they're quite weak overall, but in terms of actually going in and with very little to st- to, to start from, I think they've done a reasonable job of getting themselves back to not being a, a laughing stock, which they have been for a while now. <laughs> Recalling Mumbai's auction tactics, you, you put it spot on there. I remember. The guy with the paddle in the Ishan Kishan thing was just putting it up like that, knowing I'm, I've got ultimate unlimited mo- money here just to keep going for him. He's like, yeah, yeah, so casual. Not having that sort of conference call with everyone at the table whispering to the ears. He's like, yeah, he's ours. Zach and Felicity didn't listen to our auction episode. Zach, you've you've disowned KKR because of this terrible auction. Um, are you are you confident with that move? Do you still feel okay with that? And and you you like you like luck now, don't you? One of the new franchises. Yeah, I think my confidence in that move has grown over time, particularly because they've now picked up um, Aaron Finch. As so, Alex Hales dropped out for you know bubble fatigue, and they've picked up Aaron Finch, who for me is just one of the most uninspiring players in T Twenty cricket. I feel like he always manages to get a deal after not getting picked up originally, and. He's just not been that good for, for quite a while. And with the other options on the table, you know, Gujarat also had to pick someone else up and they picked up Ramanullah Gurbaz, who is just so much more exciting than Aaron Finch. We all know what Aaron Finch can do. He can be a brilliant kind of pace hitter on his day, but it's so uninspiring. <laughs> okay, you, 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 you're, you're fine with that. You've, you've made your bed. Well done. Stay on the auction slightly then, Ben. How do teams go about picking players? Because this was like an uber mega auction, wasn't it? Where we had a pretty much a big reset, right? Is it is it like Moneyball tactics? You know, how, how are they going in and picking these exact players they want to help build a franchise? I, I think there's there's obviously a lot of, um, you know, coming from what I do and, and, what, what, and what, Zach, what Zach's involved with as well. Creators, you know, we focus a lot on the number side of things. And I think that it's important to say, all franchises, all teams around the world use data to some extent to recruit their players. They all use that that base level of it. it might be, it might just be looking at you know strike rates. It might be looking at strike rates at the death. It might be looking at strike rates at the death against pace. Strike rates at the death against pace against 150 kilometers per hour quicks. You might be you can go as deep as you want. You might be coming up with you know proprietary measures like batting impact or you know whatever other franchises use. And I think that that will form a part of everyone's recruitment but then you've also got because the IPL is is expanded now there's now a requirement that you have more depth in terms of the domestic players and because India is so massive <laughs> and has this large secondary tournament in the side Mushtaq Ali trophy that's a really high quality tournament you know it's not top tier but there's a lot of really good players in it and if you can be the best scouted team if you can send your you know highly trained coaches and scouts out into that tournament and identify particular players who you can get in on the cheap you know for a you know a, a couple of lakh late in the day then that's a huge advantage that you have over other teams because and so you, you can go either way the, I think the moneyball stuff is best for overseas players to an extent because you, you you know you have more data you have more access to seeing these players in different conditions as well but then you've also got this base level of old school you know the you know the scene the scene in moneyball where the guy they're all sat around the table you know there are some Brad Pitts there are some Jonah Hills, but there are also some of the old school guys as well. That's the point. I would say there are probably fewer Brad Pitts than Jonah Hills, um, to put it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when when franchises are looking at, at players, whether it be domestic Indian players or overseas players, what are they looking for, do you think in particular, uh, Ben, for either in, in a data sense or just on the field performance that will work in India that's going to work over nine weeks in, in this tournament format? I think a lot of it is about, well, I, I, I'll put it two ways. I think sometimes some teams really focus on uh, kind of identifying kind of market 
flow and in terms of where all the, where the strength and the depth of the domestic players are. So for years, that was always, there's loads and loads and loads of really good domestic spinners. And so you focus on that and you don't focus so much on getting overseas spinners in. And that's why you get the, you get the odd parade of tweets every IPL auction about why hasn't Adam Zamper and Adam Rashid got a gig. And so that's a clear focus in terms of the, the dynamics of the auction is that Generally, what India produces is top order batsmen and spinners. And so that's why disproportionately the overseas players have tended to be quicks and hitters. That has started to change a little bit. It started to move back the other way. The spinners aren't quite as high quality as they once were. We've seen the retirement of a couple of guys and guys becoming older and maybe or slightly trusting of or less trusting of Red Bull skills. And so there's been a, a move towards getting a few more overseas spinners. But we're still talking about similar kind of patterns there. But I think in, in, a, in a broader sense of trying to identify quality, I think what teams have started to do now is almost look a little bit more, and it's probably not necessarily that obvious from the outside. I think teams have started to look at like hyper-specialisation a lot. Like, so teams really focusing on particular skills. So not just saying, you know, this lad is 9 out of 10 good. This, this lad is a very good player. At least, you know, the old the old Harry Redknapp top, top, top player. Like it's, it's, it's less that now. It's more about... What, what can they offer in this role? It's more role-based and more structured. And as a result, you get guys like, so like at, like at Chennai, you know, Faf Duplessis is not a not an incredible player, but last year for Chennai, he performed a very specific role of being the guy that could hit pace and, in, and could hit high pace and not get out to it. And that's why it made everything easier for that top order of Gaikwad and Moeen Ali around him and Suresh Reina. You suddenly didn't have that vulnerability because Faf was batting through. If you had a couple of quicks, who you know, could go short and bump the opposition, you held them back because you were scared of Faf you know, pulling you off his nose with his massive biceps. And so teams, when they're recruiting now, I think are more aware of the, the structural team building elements of it than they once were. And so that's why you see guys who maybe aren't necessarily that good, in inverted commas, going for quite a lot of money. <laughs> so guys like Winindu Hasaranga, we think at Critvis is outstanding. And you know, Critvis worked with RCB during the, the auction. And part of the reason why we paid a lot of money for it, say we, I wasn't involved at all. Blame it all on Fred if it all goes to, to pot and I'll take the credit <laughs> if they do well. Thank you very much. Um, but part of the reason why RCB spent a lot of money on Hasaranga is just because they think he's an outstanding leg spinner. They think he's a brilliant bowler. But it's also because he's a leg spinner who can bowl a lot of googlies. So he's, he's versatile in terms of bowling to right and left handers. But he's also a batsman who can hit spin, which is itself a very, very valuable position. So he fulfills two high, now highly uh, important and significant roles within the side. So you're filling two roles with one player. And so you, spe you spend over the odds. I think it's that kind of stuff. It's that kind of thinking which the IPL is increasingly moving towards or has been for a couple of years now, to give it its credit. So we could chat about RCB for a sec as well, actually, because if, if, if you guys have worked with them, they obviously acquired a couple of big CSK assets. That Faf Duplessis one as captain as well. Zach, do you like the look of that? Um, him leading that team? I mean, RCB have always looked strong with Virat Kohli and Glenn Maxwell in there, but did they have a good auction? Do you like the look of them this year? I think initially they got quite a lot of um, quite a lot of people on Twitter were saying, oh, why have you gone for Faf Duplessis? You know, he's... I think particularly when players like Johnny Bairstow went for less, so did David Warner, and they're both younger you know, simply, you know, whether they're better or not is debatable. The, but the fact he's kind of that specialised role of just being an unbelievable pace hitter and in that team, I think it can work. And it's not like they've paid over the odds for him. And they already had Glenn Maxwell, who is, you know, an amazing hitter of spin with that. So him, they, they work well together. I think overall, RCB have got kind of quietly got quite a good team. And a lot of that's based around, you know, they've got some good batters in. They already had Glenn Maxwell. And then they picked up, you know, Harshal Patel and they already they kept Mohamed Siraj as well. And then Josh Hazelwood, I feel like it's been kind of one of the best just T20 bowlers. Um, I think a couple of years ago on the pod, we we kind of thought, no, he can't do it in T20 cricket. But then he, he just has really over the last... We're famously bad at predicting anything, though, Zach, aren't we? So that's that's that that was actually on par. So you know, for new listeners or, or regular listeners, you'll know whatever we say today. Perhaps putting Ben's predictions to one side, which might be slightly more accurate. Ignore them. We'll go the opposite side. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna very much get dragged into your uh, your ability yeah. to predict later on in the show. 
welcome we, we every we, you, you'll get our stink by the end of this part don't worry um so we're trying to predict what's going to go what's going to happen here we've got two new franchises um a lot of new players moving around ben i want to ask you if is data any good at predicting results um you know were kkr and chennai really the best ipl teams last year and what can we use from last year to maybe help um look forward to, to what's going to happen in a few weeks in terms of the data predictive stuff i think what I remember reading a tweet a few years ago, or maybe like I think it was cited in the Jonathan Wilson article, again, it was football, saying that um, in order for the Premier League, so a 20-team league, to accurately reflect the quality of the sides involved, the season would have to be, I think, 5,000 games long. Um, <laughs> so in, in order to get to the point where there's no, there's like very negligible random elements in there, and I think that you know, it always comes to me when I come to you know predict the start of a season. Fourteen games is really not very long at all, in, in particularly in T Twenty cricket. There is a there you know games are, are decided on very fine margins, and as a result, you know a couple of a couple of sixes here and there can see you go from you know fifth to second or whatever. Like it, it is very very unpredictable and very volatile, and that's why it's, it is quite hard at the start of the season to go. At the start of last year, I don't think many people were saying Chennai were one of the best teams. But I don't think many of them were saying they were one of the worst teams. You know, you're, you're happily in the middle. And I think that's a good place to be at the start of an IPL, because often if you're predicted to be one of the best teams, it's because people have gone, you know, big name, big name, big name, big name. And then they've not looked at the rest of the squad. And as and then suddenly you're unbalanced, you're not from three and you're all in trouble. I mean, I, I speak as someone who predicted that Sunrisers would win the uh, would win the last IPL. So I'm not even going to go anywhere near actually predicting stuff. I think one, one thing I would say is that this year, more than ever, the teams are a lot more even because of the move to 10 teams. The talent is more thinly spread. Obviously, there'll be variations in terms of the quality of tactics and the, the, the quality of the, the team building itself. But the actual 11 who teams will put on the park, I don't think there's very much difference at all between the, the best team or maybe between the second best team and the second worst team. I think that's a, there's a real clump in the middle. Um, and that's good. You know, that should see a slight drop in the quality of the cricket. But hopefully an increase in the quality of the competition itself because it'll be more competitive. And we've been lucky in recent years that the IPL qualification, the playoff qualification has always been very closely fought, actually, particularly in 2020. It really went down to the wire. But we're more likely to see that again this year. We're likely to see things be really genuinely, really tight, which is, which is good. And so what I'm saying in all of that is basically I think the IPL is always really hard to predict. And this year, I think it's harder to predict than ever. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's one you wade into with uh, with a lot of caution. And, and we will, by randomly predicting teams toward the end of the podcast, look forward to that. Do stay tuned to see what we uh, we come up with. Um, so let's, yeah, it's tricky to look at teams, as you said there, Ben. So start looking at, at players. Um, Zach, should we do a bit of England watch? You know, we are English. We like looking at English players, very Anglo-centric. Any, obviously, Punjab Kings, who I do support vehemently, I would never just suddenly leave them because they had a bad auction. Um, I don't know why you'd do that. Signed Bairstow and Livingston. Exciting to see those two batting in the middle order together, or upper middle order. Yeah, that'll be good fun. The only worry for them is that they've got kind of Dawan and Argawal, and Dawan got dropped by DC, and he, he can be good, but often kind of starts slowly. Argawal as well, you know, can be very good, but if those two kind of go too slowly and don't give, you know, Johnny Bairstow and Liam Livingston enough of a platform, then it could it could be their downfall. I really like the look of um, Raj Bauer in that side as well because he's, you know, was unbelievable in the Under-19 World Cup. Scored, I think, about 160 of about 100 balls in one of the games. Okay, it was against Uganda, but still, it's shown he can score big runs. And what better place to learn in the middle order with Johnny Bairstow and Liam Livingston? That is going to be exciting to see. Um, ben, for you, England players to watch, we've obviously Alex Hales and Jason Royer have pulled out signing bubble fatigue and just getting some time with their family at home, which is much deserved. What other England players should should we be looking out for to, to perhaps put their mark on this tournament? Well, probably quite predictably for me, um, for anyone who's kind of read reads my stuff more more generally, is uh, I'm excited to see what Tamar Mills can do at Mumbai because, you know, he's been banging the door down to get an opportunity at this level for a number of years. And in the last 12 months, he's broken into the England side and had a bit of success and then struggled a bit and then has had a bit more success. And it's kind of tricky to, you know, sustain the, that death bowling role 
uh, for any great length of time. But he struggled last time in the IPL. He, he found it found it tricky. But he's a much better bowler now. He's got much more to his game. He's quicker, I think. He's more consistent in, you know, he's, he's got more variety in terms of he can bowl as Yorkers when he needs to now. And he's almost got a free hit because next year, Jofra Archer comes into that role of being the primary Mumbai overseas quick. And so, to an extent, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work out. He can he could even just slide back into the ranks and just become, you know, he kind of moves down one and they, you know, re- let, let Riley Meredith go or let Daniel Sams go. And he kind of continues to just, you know, knock around with the best franchise in the world. But I think he, he has the quality to form a really good partnership with Bumrah this year. A lot of talk about what Archer and Bumrah can do next year, and that's for good reason. But this year, like Mills being a left arm option as well, maybe even gives them a, a touch extra variety, obviously a drop in quality compared to Jofra. But I think that could be something really special. You know, Mumbai have basically got a brilliant pace attack, a brilliant batting lineup, and then they've kind of got to fudge the rest a little bit. But that could be, he could be part of a very special side, I think, this year. If, if everything clicks and the role players do their job, I think he could be in for a, a really exciting two, three months. Zach, Mark Wood had a, had a good payday as well. Um, he's at your new team lock now. Um, injury, fingers crossed, he's okay. This is another big tournament for him as well. Do you think we'll see much of him? Um, and, and are you excited to see him hopefully go well in the IPL? I know I am. I'm really excited. I hope he can do well, but reports recently are saying he's probably going to pull out, which is a real shame. Gutted. Oh, I don't... Poor guy can't get a break, can he? He can't get a break. I mean, it was such a such a good signing for Lucknow as well. Um, it, I guess, him, I guess. Sorry, sorry just, just to jump in. I guess it it kind of points to the 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 double, not double edged, but the kind of nervousness involved in ever pulling out of the IPL when you are fit. You know, he could have played, got into the auction last year. <clears throat> excuse me. He could have gone in and you know got a payday last year. He's he's not a better T Twenty bowler now than he was twelve months ago. And maybe his pace bowling in the in the Test arena in Australia has kind of boosted that, and he did do well against India, which does always help. But you know, it just shows you that there's so much on the table. You are sacrificing and risking so much when you are fit and you decide not to enter, because you never know. Particularly when you're a quick bowler, 12 months down the line, you get your big payday. Everything's moving in the right direction. All of a sudden, one day having a crew of Bonner and uh, and Joe Root bowling you <laughs> into the ground, and all of a sudden, bang, you're done, and it's it's a really cruel game. And that's why I never, you know, people criticise players for, uh, for for dropping out of the IPL, particularly in Hales and Roy's case. And I, I think you almost have to clock just quite how much they're giving up and how much they are risking. They're not doing it for no reason. There's a, you know, <laughs> this is a real, it's, it's a real sacrifice and a real risk and maybe less so for a batter. But we've, we've seen with Wood, if he does not get the opportunity to go, yeah, it's a real shame. It's a good point about um, Roy and Hales pulling out. They both got a bit of stick, didn't they? And it's right, people people are presuming that they're just pulling out, oh, you know what, I don't fancy it this time. Actually, they're sacrificing a lot for their career and, and a lot of money as well, right? And also, there was a there was a, um, a, a few tweets going around, which, you know, they normally are, um, <laughs> saying, you know, oh, will this put people off signing English batsmen in the future? Kind of eye emojis trying to be like, oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's a bit, I, I just feel it's a bit strange because actually it kind of jumps over the fact that what there's, there's, they can they can stop this kind of thing happening because it is uncomfortable, the fact that, you know, a, t- a player enters an auction, gets signed and then drops out. That's un- unequivocally annoying for the franchises, for the fans, for the players. What they need to do is they need to allow players to give themselves a higher base price so that basically you're saying, if I'm going to turn up, I want to get paid this. Please just let me get this much money and then I'll come. If I don't, then I won't. And then you stop. You don't have this like little nervous, you know, week or two where it's like, okay, well, they got Jason Roy at an inverted commas bargain, mm. and it's you, you're, it's essentially like when you go on Amazon and you buy, you know, you, you buy something, or you go on you go on Wish dot com and you buy you buy <laughs> you buying a Mercedes on Wish, and you're like, well, it's twenty quid. I think there might be something wrong with this deal. <laughs> you, you, you kind of have to put two and two together and recognise that part of the reason why you get in the deal is because it's not reliable. And hopefully, if they do get to a situation where they, you know, raise that price, you'll have fewer of these situations, which I think is better for everyone, players, fans, coaches, teams. Definitely. Good analogy as well. I like that. A wish a wish purchase. Um, should we do a bit of overseas watch as well? Zach, you've called Tim David a cheat code. 
Uh, and he is right. It's like Mumbai picked him up. I didn't know who he was. Again, really embarrassing. I'm not. I'm not shining myself in, in great light here. Zach had spoken about him. I just forgot to listen. Uh, I'm excited to see him for the first time, Zach. Um, I'm sure you and, and Ben have watched him loads, and as of lots of cricket fans listening. But he is a cheat code. Great middle order batter. Exciting to watch. Yeah, I really enjoyed. Yeah, ben touched on it earlier how Mumbai went about the auction and the fact that they just went. They were like, no, we want Tim Davis yeah. at the end. They were like, no one else really had the money to kind of bid with them. And it was like, yeah, we know this guy. You know, he's been tearing it up around the world for nearly two years now. Had an unbelievable PSL and just keeps being able to just score runs faster, score more runs faster than basically anyone else in the world and just hits the ball he hits the ball really hard, basically. Ben, I, I know you're a big fan of him, so please go ahead, wax lyrical. No, no, I'm, 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 I'll jump off what you said. I think that is the, the gist, really, is that he does just whack the ball really hard, and he's been doing it in leagues for a while now. I think part, one of the, from a kind of nerdy numbers point of view, the interesting thing is just that he doesn't, um, he doesn't really have any weaknesses. And he, you know, you normally look at players, best T20 players in the world can still have a pronounced weakness. You know, Livingston, incredible against high pace, can't really play leg spin in quite the same way or slow leg spin. Marinelli, this incredible hitter of spin, not as great against high pace. You know, most t- most players go one of two ways. Whereas David actually has an incredible record against the proper quicks and an incredible record against wrist spin. And that's very, very rare. You're basically talking kind of AB and not many others in terms of being able to actually score rapidly against it. So I think that's the interesting thing is that Mumbai clearly just identified him as, you know, this guy solves our middle order. He's kind of a one man middle order. And then the other man in it is Karen Pollard. So it's kind of a bit unfair. I think that what will be interesting, it, it, it's, it's quite funny, you know, being signed by Mumbai has almost like become a, a badge of honour. It's almost like a kind of, yeah, to use the wish analogy, it's kind of the, the verified seller sign of like, you know, <laughs> this, this guy is actually proper. Um, and it's like, you know, like Marco Janssen got signed from them a few years ago and, and everyone was like, well, he must be great. You know, no one had seen him play. <laughs> it was just everyone just kind of piled in and were like, well, if Mumbai won him. <laughs> and I think it's quite interesting to see how David's ascension from kind of T20 hipster to now one of the most you know not necessarily recognizable but you know high profile t20 batsman in the world it, it's it's been pretty meteoric but it's it's great he's, he's, a, he's a really fun player and hopefully he uh hopefully he tears it up yeah i can't wait i can't wait to watch him for the first time and learn about him um more overseas watch and let's bring this into perhaps talk about the two new franchises as well uh gujarat and look now uh lucky ferguson who I know you like a lot, Zach, and I do as well, uh, is a good rat. Um, they've also got Matthew Wade. <sighs> what, do you, what do you think of Gujarat? We can we can talk about overseas and these new franchises, how they're going to fare. I don't know traditionally how new franchises do or when they got renamed, when a couple got banned. So this looks like an okay team though, right? Yeah, Sunrisers did really well when they kind of first came mm. into it. I can't really remember what happened to those two teams that you know the two teams that weren't Chennai and Rajasthan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think either of them managed to win it, but I can't really remember how well they did. But yeah, I think Gujarat will be disappointed with how their kind of auction went, considering they started from such a strong position. You know, signing Hardik Pandya, Rashid Khan, and Shubman Gill as your three players, it was kind of like oh, okay, Gujarat are going to be really good then. You know, and on paper, that that does look that's a really strong start. They did then sign Jason Roy, and everyone was like, "Oh, yeah, Jason Roy and Shubman Gill, very good." You know, Shubman Gill's was decent for KKR. Still very young, lots of potential to kind of be an anchor. Hardik Pandya, obviously, very very talented, but hasn't been in the best of form over the last couple of years. It's kind of just stopped bowling, which was yeah. That, that was what I was going to ask you. Will he, will he bowl, do you think? I've, I've not watched him bowl for years now. I, I think one of the, I can't remember whether it was a coach or one of the owners or something said, no, we see him as he's our captain and he hits. he's going to hit the ball for us. He's not going to bowl the ball. But yeah, the, the bowling attack's interesting because, you know, Rashid Khan and Lockie Ferguson in the same team's quite fun. Lockie Ferguson has been really, really good in the last few years. He's got one of the kind of best death economies of anyone to bowl over. 50 overs in that in that phase yeah, at eight and over he bowls really fast and 
I just think he's he, lo- he looks like a really nice bloke. <laughs> he's like a nice bloke. He's, he got not like a nice bloke. He got a root for them. It's worth a few extra races of the paddle, isn't it? They're, they're, they're a good, they're a good lad. Lockie, Lockie is Lockie is great. Like he is objectively the quickest bowler in the world. And you're right to bring up the idea that ahead of the ocean, they should have, they almost were in a better position than they are now. You know, with if you've got Rashid and you've got Hardik and you've got Gill and then you get Lockie as well, that's everything covered. You've got you should in an ideal world have balance, top order skill, high pace and leg spin. But because of Hardik's inability to bowl. Uh, one willingness i don't really know where we're at with that um they still end up having to sign a balancing player in vj shankar and it, it, it suddenly looks a bit like eh, okay that's a bit more iffy and they get a couple of other decent players as well you know they're not lacking in quality you know ramanullah gurbaz is genuinely i think i think he's ready to be an ipl starter and shami is you know an overrated t20 bowler but he's still one of the best indian seamers in this form of the game Rahul Twati is potentially a match winner as well. On his day, he offers a bit of balance as well. But it does feel like they've kind of squandered a very strong position by maybe slightly, just slightly losing focus in terms of who they could have gone after. But there's that, I mean, yeah, they're going to win some games with the ball with Lockie and, and Rashid. They're kind of replay the, the, the overseas players they've picked who probably won't start is very interesting because they picked up Dominic Drakes and Alzari Joseph, you know, two West Indian quicks who... I don't expect either of them to start, but kind of ones for the future almost. And then they've also got Noor Ahmad, who is, we've spoken about a few times on the pod. I think he's still, I don't even think he's 17 yet. You know, bowling left arm, left arm leg spin. He also bowls a lot of googlies, so pretty versatile. He's obviously not going to get in the team ahead of Rashid Khan. And it would be shocking if they were to play two overseas spinners. I mean, I'm here for it, but they're not going to do I th- it. I think because they've got Tuatia in there as well, they maybe don't. The, the need for them to pick two OC spinners is a bit a bit lessened. But I think you've also got the uh, the fact that you know in, these seasons are long, and you see teams start out with one strategy, and then they lose. You know, they win one game from five, one game from six, and all of a sudden they're like, you know what, we we are just going to try something new. And picking two overseas spinners who turn the ball in opposite ways is exactly the kind of thing that a team does when they're struggling. They're they're two from seven. And I'm bang up for it. It would be really interesting to see if they could make that work balance-wise. I think they probably lack the Indian batting to make it work because they would probably need to pick, you know, you're having Sahar in there, Shankar. You know, you're talking about some reasonably slow-scoring players. You'd need a little bit more if that was going to be a plan they could execute from the get-go. Um, but it would be fun if you know maybe availability happens. At, you know, happens to be difficult on any given day. I think it's also worth saying. This is probably a broader point that we should have mentioned earlier. But um, I don't know if you're aware, but COVID nineteen is actually still a thing, um, and <laughs> people seem to have moved on from the idea, and we're now just going into a nice big normal IPL. I reckon it's pretty likely that some players are going to get COVID in this tournament. Or at the very least, they're going to have symptoms and miss games because they haven't had a chance to get tested properly. All this kind of stuff. There's still going to be logistical issues. There will be tests of bench strength throughout this competition. And so it's interesting that certain teams have really piled in on, you know, their first 11 and then not much else after it. You know, teams like Punjab. But then you've also got teams that have got a lot of quality outside of the first 11, i.e. RCB. And they're probably better placed to deal with those kind of uh, unexpected and obviously unwanted interventions from from any kind of illness. So I think that, that that's maybe just a little undercurrent going through the whole competition. I, it's, I think it's worth bearing in mind when we're looking at these teams. I really like the idea of uh, of them playing the two overseas spinners. They lose a few games and then they just decide, right, this new Ahmedabad Stadium, we're going to make it an absolute dust bowl. No one's hitting above 140. <laughs> Ridman Saha is going to hit 50 from 50 balls every time and win us the game. And keep Wicket on an absolute duster as well. So there's, <laughs> there's an argument that that does work. I mean, I met about that obviously was the um, people might not have clocked it if you're a, a, a casual fan. But obviously, Ahmedabad is the home ground of Gujarat. And that was where England played 
the those kind of mad tests last year where they kept kept on getting bowled out for about 70 and the ball was ragging then going straight on and Akshar Patel's got an, an end named after him already it's, it's he's got, my absolute nemesis I can't yeah. I'm still thinking about a test match to this day it just it triggers me thinking about it to be honest <laughs> yeah. well there you go it's not um you know it's it's not ideal that uh, we're all gonna have to go back there and watch this uh, the scene of our trauma um <laughs> But equally, obviously, this year they're not going to be playing there, so it's not going to quite work as a, as a strategy this year. But in the coming years, the dimensions of that stadium are going to be quite interesting as well because it's massive. It's like it's absolutely massive, and it's a bit like Eden Gardens, where you're going to have the ability if you wanted to make it a dust bowl, it's quite hard to hit the ball a long way. It's the opposite of the one KD. So I think there's an argument that that's what they're trying to do. Um, and maybe they're just trying to groom Noor Ahmed for the next couple of years to have him alongside Rashid Khan. That would be kind of sexy cricket. I'd enjoy that. <laughs> it would be, wouldn't it? And good shout on the COVID sort of undercurrent bit of narrative there. One to watch out for, good spot. Um, other new franchise look now, Super Giants. They had a great sort of, they got that great opening partnership, KL and, and Quinton de Kock. That's exciting. Um, ben, I want to hear what you think about them picking Marcus Stoinis as they're one of like, three retentions as, as a new franchise they pretty much had free pick of anybody who wasn't already retained um i know zach Yumi sort of questioned it slightly it feels like it's made more sense now when you see the pitch full pitch of the team but ben what did you think about that yeah i was i was a little bit surprised i mean obviously i've i've worked with with stoyness uh, the, the melbourne stars and i think he's a fantastic player i do i do really like him and i think he is definitely quality enough to to be an IPL starter. I was surprised that he was the player they went for, um, not because there are a, a huge range of alternatives, and um, particularly at the time they had to make the announcement. Other players have kind of come through since then. But I think the idea is that on his day, similar to we're talking about Hardik, he is a guy that can bowl two, three overs, particularly on pitches that are a bit tacky, and be a genuine proven death hitter in the IPL. And when you need him to, he can bat up the order. Like he's a he's a very valuable player to have. And he should make building aside quite straightforward. I think what's what's quite interesting is that they've then also gone and got Jason Holder, which yeah. who, is, who is obviously not the same player by any stretch of the imagination, much worse batsman, but a much better bowler. And maybe there's a there's an opportunity for them to play together and form a kind of you know lower order overseas pivot. But it's not easy to get them both in. And you are sacrificing a little bit of strength in terms of, you know, the opportunity to get other overseas in there. You can, you know, you're going you know, you know, to play Quinton de Kock and you're going to ideally play Mark Wood. If you haven't, if they don't have Mark Wood, then maybe it's a bit, it's a bit easier to get Holder in there and he works in terms of getting the balance. But I, I really like this Lucknow side. I think, I think they look really interesting, particularly if, if Wood is fit, you know, that is a, a proper team because, yeah, you've got you've got a couple of role players in there in terms of Manish Pandey and Deepak Huda. They're not amazing, and Krishnapa Gautam isn't, you know, world class by any stretch of the imagination. But you have got this core of young Indians in terms of Ravi Bishnoi, brilliant leg spinner, Abesh Khan, really exciting, up and coming, quick. You've got Kale Rahul, who we know can occasionally be a little bit frustrating in terms of scoring <laughs> slowly, but he's going to churn out 500 runs every single IPL. You know that's going to come, and you know that he's going to keep wicket and it's going to tick a couple of boxes. And then you might have Mark Wood there, who is the second or third quickest bowler in the world. Like, there's so much to like there, and potentially the biggest, you know, uh, kind of feather in their cap. Um, or threat to the opposition is not a guy that's on the team sheet, but the guy that's on the bench in Andy Flower. We know that there's often a lot of tension and political wranglings with um, IPL sides in terms of who's actually in charge. Um, and I think the luck now as a new team are, you know, just as likely to be vulnerable to that as any other. But Flower is a fantastic T20 coach and he has a, a really, really good proven track record. And it's no surprise that he's been given the opportunity to coach one of the new sides. He was clearly a target for both teams. And I think that if he has full control and him and Kale Rahul work well together, there's a lot of options there for Lucknow to be really, really good. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't want to stick my neck out and say they're going to win it. I don't. I, I think that that's probably a bit too hard early up because you know we don't know how all these players are going to gel together. Mark Wood might not go, and then all of a sudden they look a little bit bits and piecesy. Um, but if everyone's fit and everyone's available and everything clicks, they could really really go far i think i think they're i think they could be a really fun team definitely agree that's quite a compelling argument you made there ben maybe i'll stick my neck out and, and ride off the back of that as you know I should call it, <laughs> let's just call it now it's a good shout um zach no wonder you pick this lot then geez what a team you must be excited i am yeah you know i think mark wood kind of clinched it for me 
really wanted to see him get a game. And I've been a big fan of Ravi Bishnoi since he tore it up at the 2020 Under-19 World Cup, I think it must have been. And, you know, I've been talking about him ever since we started this podcast. I think he he played for Punjab and he I was like, yeah, this guy, he's, he's going to be really good. Even then, in... Even in episodes we're not talking about India or IPL, you just try and bring Ravi Bishnoi in. You, yeah, you're yeah, a huge yeah. Fan. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Yeah, the future of of, of Indian Indian Rispin. And, you know, he made his debut for the national side recently and was was really, really good. And everyone was saying, oh, if, if only the IPL auction was a couple months later, Lucknow. There's no way Lucknow would have got him for, I think it was four crore, which could in, in future years seem like an absolute bargain. The Abish Khan one's interesting as well because, you know, again, Indian seamers, good Indian seamers. There's not that many of them. Was really good last year, so solid buy. And Jason Holder's properly having a a good time as a T20 player. And he's he's again just a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun to be had there, and they could be really good, like Ben said. So exciting times for for you know a, a real hardcore Lucknow fan like I am. <laughs> that's that's the beauty of it. Um, okay, we're talking some teams at the top. Should we talk about a potential disaster? In KKR, I think we sort of briefly touched on that. Are these going to be the beaten boys bottom of the table after four or five games after winning none, Ben? Or can they salvage something from what was a pretty poor auction, we all agreed? I think this probably comes back to what I said earlier about the the worst team in this IPL is probably better than the worst team in every other edition of the, the tournament. I think the quality gap is is smaller. And so whilst I think they are the worst team on paper, um, or certainly among, in that bottom group, with Punjab, um, on, in my opinion, um, I, I think they're probably the hardest to predict in terms of their most reliant on conditions. If the pitches are spin friendly and, you know, there's going to be a lot of games on uh, not very many grounds over a fairly short period of time, then if if the conditions do help them in that regard, then you've got Sunil Narayan and Varun Chakravarti, who are both fantastic spinners in tough conditions. You know, they are basically unhittable, you know, hitting that back of a length, turning it both ways, that could be really, really dangerous. And, you know, they have still got some fantastic players. They've still got some really interesting hitters. You know, Sunil Ryan is one of the best T20 players in history. Andre Russell, if he is fit, balances the side and is still the best hitter in the world. You know, you've got some disappointing pickups there, in my opinion, in Rahane and I think Shreyas Iyer going for the money that he did was bizarre. I don't, I, I like I like him as a, a hitter through the middle as a, a spin-friendly player or a spin-focused batter, but, you know, he, he's not the most rounded of players. And then I think what worries me is that there's not much beyond the, the first 11, which is classic KKR. They never do. They always sign just, you know, they put all their all their purse in the first 11 and then sign 10 regems. But it, <laughs> given that the normally that works because the first guys they pick are absolute guns. Whereas this time you look at it and you're thinking there, there's a bit more of the Chennai about them of like, okay, well they need to be clever and use their depth and their squad cleverly. And that's not where I don't think that's the kind of side that they're, that they wanted to be last year. You know, Morgan was all about basically, you know, I've got match winners and a couple of great spinners. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I don't think there'll be a, a, a kind of laughing stock bottom of the table, terrible team. But I'm I can't see unless the the big boys click how they're gonna really bother the latter stages. But maybe they will. I'd like I'd love to see them do well. I've, I've always liked KKR, and I've got you know Nathan, as you mentioned, co wrote the book with. He's uh, he's still still very much involved there. So I've I've got an, I've got an affinity with them at the very least, and so I'd I'd like to see them kick on. But I'm not uh, I'm not hopeful. My thinking around their attentions was that I thought so. Andrew Russell and Sunil Ryan you know, throughout the history of T20 cricket have been some of the world's best. But they are kind of, you know, Russell gets injured. Narine has been a little bit inconsistent recent, well, in recent IPLs. And I wondered how much they retained them purely because they're KKR players, the marketing of it. They've always, you know, not necessarily always been, but, you know, they've been KKR players for a long time. So they're, they're going to retain them just because it, it sells. I mean, there's probably an element of that. I think uh, I would be surprised if that was a major element. At the end of the day, they are still Andre Russell and Sunil Narayan. Like, I think Narayan on the open market would still go for big, big money. And so you, you do want to keep them. Like, how are you going? How are you replacing a bowler of the quality of Narayan? You know, you're looking around the players that were in the auction. There weren't many guys that you would go, yeah, that, that guy is, is up to that task. 
so I think that's a that's a, a fair point to make on your, your part in terms of the influence of off-field stuff. And, you know, that, it, you'd be naive to think that doesn't play a part in the IPL. You know, it's it, it's important. Teams have the, you know, there's there's all there's all kinds of jiggery pokery going going on behind the scenes and some of it more savoury than others, probably, you'd say. But I think on this on this occasion, you have to kind of just back back the uh, the brains trust in and say that, you know, Dre and Narayan are good. <laughs> that, that's kind of it. Take anything from this pod, drain Ryan are good. That's that's there you that's go. And, that, and that's why you're, you're you're paying me the big bucks to come on and offer this in the site. Exactly. Nice. That's why nice we're paying that on my uh, on my potential. I said get some get some worth out of that hourly rate. Um, speaking of that hourly rate, and while, while we're still here, Ben, I want to talk about kits. Can we talk about kits? I saw you tweet um a lovely deli kit uh, oh, yesterday. Yeah. Is that their actual kit, or is this like a special edition one? Oh, welcome to my mastermind subject. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, no. No, so basically, Delhi are, like every IPL team, playing blue. Um, but they are sponsored, uh, to some degree, I'm not quite sure, I think I think it's the owners, uh, JSW Paints. Um, and so uh-huh. they, twice a year or something like that, for the last couple of years, have had this rainbow kit, which is like a, it's like a sash along the bottom of the kit, if people haven't seen it, um, that's... it's it's rainbow and it fades up into blue and then into the blue of the main kit and it's absolutely delightful (laughs) i remember the first the first time it came out a couple of years ago i was like oh my god have they changed this and then it it because this would be amazing as their full-time kit and then it disappeared after two games and then and then i feel like i'm being gaslit by the owners (laughs) of delhi and it's this very it's this frustrating thing but the reason part of the reason why i like it is that you know you can tell i'm very enthusiastic about the ipl i love it it is unequivocally the best t20 league in the world but I think the kits are the worst of any league in the world, quite consistently, I think, because they are there. There's a monotony to them in terms of the uh, the fact that they are all blue, <laughs> that, you know, that all of these teams play in blue. But also the fact that there are so many sponsors and, you know, that's partly why it's the best league in the world is because there's so much money involved. So you can't, you know, it's not it's a zero sum game, but it's frustrating because some of the other leagues where, you know, there's full range for the uh, for the designers to get get stuck in. You know, there are some fantastic ones. You look at Peshawar's kit this year with the kind of the, the, the yellow and the kind of the slight kind of almost um, paisley patterns on it. This kind of camo-y paisley thing. And then you've got, you know, Lahore playing this weird, vibrant, bright green. And, you know, even in the Blast and the 100. I mean, look at the look at Oval Invincible's kit. It's absolutely, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And, you know, when you're given the full range to just design something from scratch, often with a kind of overall sponsor removing the need for uh, you know having 25 arm sponsors it that you do end up with some slightly more aesthetically pleasing uh, aesthet- and more varied kits which you know I am partial to I'm I'm so glad you brought up on kits because I've I've just since I've ever watched the IPL I've noticed this and you know if I'm you back when I didn't watch cricket that much and I'd come in and out of the IPL I'd be like who's who's this I could, sometimes the kits are all the same why do they all play in blue is it just people they like blue you know I think I think there's an element, I think there's an element to which that obviously India play in blue and there is an iconic kind of element to that and I think you want to get a bit of the the glamour from the Indian team um and from the Indian cricket you know as a as a brand you want to be able to latch onto that um, but you know it's it's the same in you know lots of lots of sports. There's a kind of gravitation towards you know particular teams. Lots of teams play in red in football and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I think what, what I'm always intrigued by is like it's when it's when teams have like they, they've clearly gone in a different direction. So like a couple of years, Rajasthan had um, the blue, Rajasthan used to play in pink and it was amazing. And then they changed it one year to like just having the trousers pink and the top half was blue. And then the next year, it's just like going to be blue. It's almost like they're kind of being taken over by a virus that is just the <laughs> colour blue pervading all of the kits. But it's it genuinely, it, it's um, it's obviously a, a, a very silly conversation. But I do think that the uh, part of the reason why you have, you know, you, you do have affinity when you're a new fan, you might just turn on the script, turn on and be like, wow, that. I, I really like seeing, you know, if you're a tw- if you're a tw- 11 year old kid and you just chuck on Sky Sports cricket and you see, you know, Sunil or Andre Russell hitting a six in a bright gold helmet, you're like, this is cool. I like this. <laughs> but there's an element to which that does play into it, and we see it in other sports the idea of the the iconic jerseys. Um, I told you this with my mastermind subject. I can do an hour on this, but yeah. we see it, we see we see it in other sports the idea that the jerseys actually do play a part in getting players to come and play for you. You know, players carried on playing for AC Milan long after they were a good team because you're wearing an AC Milan shirt, and it like it's it is iconic. 
in a way that you know as much as it's uh, you know new, new and upcoming it's not quite the same having a um you know just just a tottenham shirt just a nice normal white <laughs> shirt kind of it's kind of it's, it's just not the most exciting you want you're more likely to go and want to play for fiorentina because it's this amazing purple kit you know and then there is an element of that with the ipl you do wonder whether like if a team really stuck their neck out and had this and like really put a bit of effort into having this and then you ally it with some success you wonder whether it could feed in um into terms of in the to the broader brand whereas i do wonder how hard it is to market same group of players all wearing the same blue kit essentially you know be a be, be sunrisers go be go sun, the other way look get, on the, get the color wheel we're only using a tiny portion of the color wheel let's get some green in there let's get some blue you know let's get some purple in there. it's all there lads i'd like i say we i can come back and do a, a special on this you took the words out of my mouth we're going to get a ben jones kit special coming up in the next few it's weeks a, for everyone it's great because, you know, it's an, an occupational hazard that people think that because I'm numbersy, um, that, I, you know, I focus on the nitty gritty dry stuff. But ultimately, I do just want to sit down and talk about kits. <laughs> good, good. Well, we've learned something new. That's class. We're definitely going to get that organised. Um, <laughs> right. Just as we start to wrap up then, Zach, I'm going to make you do some top four predictions. Do you want to stick your neck out, Zach, for the, for, for the pod, for the rest of us? Because... You're all over this, and I just want to hear what you got to say. Help me guide me slightly on who's going to do well here. Give us just like maybe a top four. Oh, top four, that's tough. Yeah. I, I had, a, I, had a, I can give you a top. Oh, give, me, right. give me top ten. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go. Uh, my boys, luck now, are going to get mm. in the top four. Your boys, RCB are going to get there. I think Chennai are going to get there just because that's what they do. Yeah, and then fair. Mumbai are going to get there as well because that's what they, they do. do. Well, I hate to uh, I hate to ruin the party, but that is exactly what I've got written there. <laughs> That's also a very much a rainstop like, play like, trope. It's, I was I was kind of playing the game of waiting, and I was thinking, is that going to make the mistake of uh, you know a young up and coming cricket person, you know, talented guy? Is he going to make the classic mistake of leaving Chennai out of his predictions for the knockouts? Because <laughs> it's like a rite of passage. You do it, you get slaughtered. They win the whole thing, and then we all come back the next year and we learn. <laughs> whereas you, you didn't do that so you're, you're already doing better than i did for the first three years of my career <laughs> i think we did it there was a, there was a one point where we did predictions about halfway through a season and chennai were bottom and i was still like no 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 they, they, i couldn't think of a fourth team because everyone was really bad it was ba- i think it was it must have been 2020 when it was basically delhi and mumbai were the only good teams and it was like now chennai is still going to make it they always do and it was the one time they didn't <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> Amazing. No, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that, um, yeah, Mumbai, RCB, Lucknow and and Chennai just, it is just, um, and there is probably an element of, you know, sticking my finger in the air and knowing that it's Chennai. Um, if you stuck a, you know, a Gujarat kit on them, I probably wouldn't pick that squad. Um, but you do have to back their 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 record. I think that Luck, Lucknow and Mumbai for me are the big favourites. I think RCB and Chennai are in that chasing pack um, and it could be it could be anyone. But it, I, think, I think, and I think that should hopefully make for quite an exciting um you know, playoff race. Yeah, absolutely. And and it is another rain stop play trope, Ben, to everyone to guess the same thing. Whenever we do series predictions, basically whoever gets in first like a little two one, everyone just moans because they're like, Oh well, that's what I was gonna go for. Oh, don't worry, I've I've predicted a two one defeat for England in I think every single test series yeah. for the last three years and I don't think it's ever happened. <laughs> so don't worry. It's a mark of the best. Zach I made you start on uh predictions to the top four. Do you have some purple and orange cap winners? Remind purple is purple is wickets Oranges runs. Yeah. Good. On you go. <laughs> so runs, I'm going to go for someone we've spoken about a bit. Someone who just bashes out runs. KL Rahul. Mm. Pretty predictable. Acc- accumulator. Oh, Ben's, Ben's, <laughs> Ben looks gutted over on the Skype screen in the corner there. <laughs> well, but you'll see why in 30 seconds time. <laughs> <laughs> and then top wicket taker. Oh, that's a, that's a bit harder. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, even though he's probably not been at his best in T20 cricket recently, KG Rabada is going to just do it again for his new team, just because he's moved teams and he loves taking wickets in the IPL. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad at the very least that we're going to deviate on one of those because, yeah, I'm going to go for Kale Rahul <laughs> for the orange cap as well, because I think, you know, he is very, very good at scoring a large amount of runs. And whilst he sometimes doesn't score them as quickly as we would like or in the way that we would like, uh, he is still fantastic. And so I'm going to back him in there. Um, but I'm going to deviate 
from uh, from Zach in terms of the the purple cap, but I'm going to stay in stay in luck now. I'm surprised he didn't pick one of his own. I'm going to I'm going to back Ravi Bishdoyan as, mm. as, as purple cap. He's primed and ready to go up a level this year. Um, I think that he's he's very well placed. I think the fact that there is a sl- there is slightly uh, more even quality throughout the leagues means that there's going to be a few more vulnerable middle order batsmen that he can target. Whereas normally, you know, you get that cabal of pace of, of spin hitters through the middle. Um, I think he's going to have a few, a few, a few more easy prey to, uh, to to go after, and he's also just really good, which is fundamentally the most important thing when you're talking about this stuff. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so I'm, back, I'm, I'm back in luck now to to do really well, have the purple and orange cap, and qualify. So you know, wow. when, they, when they're when they're disbanded at the end of this tournament, then uh, <laughs> you can you can come and knock on my door. You'll you'll be happy to know he's who I originally had down for top wicket taker. <laughs> that was so funny. That, if I, you guys both came in without without talking to each other, by the way, about your predictions and, and that, done that, that'd been world class. Crickmere's groupthink. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I just thought I had to kind of move away from the team I'm supporting. I was, you know, would have been a bit too much to go. The team I'm supporting, they're definitely making the final. They're also going to have the top run getter and the top wicket taker. <laughs> Can I just say one thing, one very, one last thing on this, and uh, you know, I'm sure anyone who's made it this deep into the podcast already uh, feels similarly. But one thing I really, really believe in with the IPL is, or any of the leagues around the world, is pick a team as soon as you can for any any given season. Normally, I would say don't change them, but we are, in, you know, I'm in the company of a turncoat, so I'll I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep that one down for now. But I think. A huge part of enjoying these T20 tournaments is the same reason why we enjoy, you know, sports that we follow for a lot longer is that you pick a team and they lose and it's really annoying and then they win and it feels really good. If you just watch it as a carnival of T20, you can enjoy it. And there's certainly plenty to, to kind of get behind. But there's nothing quite as uh, as fun as actually having the kind of the, the thrills of the ups and downs, the roller coaster of uh, of seeing your team win and lose. And that is the same. And it's and it's remarkable how quickly your affinity does build, um, is what I'd say. I would say, as 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 a rebuttal to that, <laughs> as a Yeovil Town fan in football, <laughs> I've been through enough pain, so I feel like I'm allowed to, for once, support a good team. And if my team isn't good, change team. Because for my whole life, I've had Premier League football fans tell me, <laughs> oh, you know, that's a bit cute, isn't it? So um, <laughs> I'm taking it. With this, I'm taking it. Well, I mean, I support I support Wolves in football and uh, and Worcestershire in in English cricket. So I'm I I've always had that that up and down uh, what's the phrase kind of yo yo team uh, adrenaline rush. So I I I'm I'm willing to give you the uh, the bit of glory hunting that you're going after here. You know, point taken. You're allowed. I I am still going to root for Lucknow to do bad because that'd be good content for the pod for the next few weeks. And that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Content, content wins out. <laughs> Excellent. Um, right, before we wrap up, Ben, with every guest we get on, we ask them sort of one big question. Um, and this can be on the IPL or cricket in general. Um, if you could change one thing about cricket right now, what would it be? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to... Zach posed this question to me in advance. I should re- re- reveal that, pull back the curtain. Um, and he framed it as one thing I would change about the IPL. Now, I'm going to go with that because the one thing I would change about the IPL is not actually about the IPL. It's about a competition that should happen, which is the Champions League. And the reason I'm framing it as something you've got to change about the IPL is because they're kind of the main obstacle to it. Uh-huh. Ideally, in a dream world, I'm going to say October, end of the season, there's that little, there's that little month period we get the champions of the PSL, we get the champions of the BBL, we get the champions of the 100, champions of the CPL, champions of the IPL. Maybe chuck, chuck in some others in there. Get the BPL involved. You know, maybe, maybe you know, <laughs> one, we could have, you know, one of the, a couple of the minor leagues as well. We'll get them all involved. Get the, get the super smash in as well. And then we have, <laughs> we have two weeks of the best T20 cricket in the world. There'll be a bit of overlap with overseas players, but we'll sort it out. And that would be decide every year who is the best T20 team in the world and it would be absolutely incredible the problem is is that because cricket is skewed towards uh, you know or T20 cricket particularly the market is skewed towards the Indian market nothing wrong with that but it does mean that the idea of having a tournament where only one IPL team go 
is quite tricky to, to 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 kind of set up and market. So when they have done it in the past, they've always had a couple of extra teams, and it's kind of skewed it unfairly towards the uh, the Indian teams. Now that is the one thing I would change about the IPL Ooh. is that they all get together, they all have a you know they all sit down, they have a nice chat, and they decide you know what we we dominate the calendar for three months, and that's absolutely fine. But as penance for that. <laughs> we, only, we only send one team to the Champions League. And as a result, we have this incredible carnival. We can host it in India if you like. We can have the final at Mumbai. But we'll, uh, for, that, for that month, we're going we're gonna to make it the, uh, the, the focus of the world. And uh, we'll slowly, slowly, that will, that will happen. But I want it to happen now. Yeah, that sounds spectacular, by the way. That sounds like a stunning month of cricket. What a great idea. There we go. It'd be great. It'd be fantastic. And, you know, they've tried it before and it worked a bit and then it stopped. And they've just got to, got to get their heads together. Make it work a bit more. They've, they've got that in the bank. They can get their heads together, can't they? Brilliant. Um, well, that will about wrap it up for this IPL preview. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, ben, thank you so much for coming along. Really enjoyed that hour. No, absolutely. That was really good fun, lads. And uh, hopefully I can come back on at some point in the tournament and we can discuss how, how terribly a lot now we're doing. And we can uh, yeah drill into a few more of the on-field specifics rather than just the all this abstract nonsense and, and we'll hopefully get a chance to have a good chat about the kits as well well that's it we'll have we'll have you midway through this tournament and we'll have our kit special as well uh zach thank you again so much great job great work as always thank you dan uh, and thank you very much for listening we'll be back with our normal weekly episode on tuesday morning until then goodbye money on your outdoor project now at menards we have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat right now all fvp lawn and garden and marine batteries are on sale through may 5th check out our entire selection of fvp batteries today and view our weekly flyer on menards.com for more great deals save big money at Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.